Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. So how do you get the government that you do want? And what should that be? What should that look like? I think a lot of it comes down to the question of how much do you know about the pieces of legislation that you support or that your member of Congress supports or that your chosen candidate supports? Uh, We have to drill in just a little bit better than we have been. We have to look past the titles of the bills and the headlines uh, that are pre-produced by very slick advertising and communication strategies. And we have to get down to the details. Uh, If you missed the last segment of the program, uh, we were talking about this as it relates to what is currently before Congress in the social spending package, or as the president likes to refer to it, the Build Back Better agenda, and talking about it in terms of what are the specifics, what are the details, and does that really help uh, or does it hurt parents across the country? Uh, The headline looks great. We're going to have game-changing, transformational, universal child care of, of some sort. And again, you can say, oh, that's that's great. That's great. Uh, but of course, this is not necessarily going to be the result or the outcome. And so you have to start digging into, well, what does that really mean? And uh, we, we talked about it in the first segment with Patrick Brown. And there's a lot of things in there that are going to actually increase the cost. And make it harder to find child care that you would actually qualify for that uh, would be affordable and doable. And so it's just this this pattern that we see out of our nation's capitals. We have these great sounding bumper, bumper sticker titles to bills. But we don't get into the details of it, nor do we as citizens dig in deep enough to actually know, well, what does that actually mean? And so as it relates to child care... Uh, again, it could increase the cost. Some are estimating as much as 13000 per family. Uh, that does not sound like a lot of help to a lot of families across the country. If suddenly their ability to get child care for their young one uh, is, is going to go up by $13,000, that doesn't sound helpful to me. Uh, and so we have to have the debates about the specifics, not debates about the titles of the bill and how we can use whatever the title of the bill is to demonize those who disagree. Which is why these massive 2,000 plus page bills that spend trillions of dollars uh, have have got to be broken down, broken apart, open debate, transparency, real votes, real amendment process, and some accountability on the back end. We talked about it yesterday on the program. Uh, Everyone's saying tax the rich. How are we going to pay for the president's social spending package? We're going to tax the rich. Well, as the bill currently stands, uh, the rich are going to get a big old tax break. Courtesy of their progressive friends on the left, primarily from big city, big blue cities in very blue states, who have really high tax rates. 
because suddenly there it's not going to be quite so painful to live in San Francisco or New York because the rest of the country is going to be subsidizing <laughs> because you'll be able to deduct those on your federal taxes. And so both of these, these are just two examples. These are just two examples. We're talking about a bill that will be well over 2,000 pages by the time it's done. And these are just two very specific items about two very specific things that people are claiming the bill will do and who it will help. And the reality is it's not likely to help those that the bumper stickers say they're going to help. And that's why we have to pay attention to the details. I had a conversation not long ago with Washington Post columnist Catherine uh, Catherine Rample uh, here on Inside Sources, and I think she got around to the right way to approach all of this, and that is let's just quit trying to have government do everything. Let's pick a few things, and let's do those things that government chooses to do really well. Take a listen. It's not only that you create uncertainty, it's that it's just harder to execute. It's harder for government officials to plan. Um, And some programs, frankly, may not work so well if you, again, try to shrink them down, either in terms of how long they last or, uh, or how much you allocate per year, because not everything scales particularly well. Um, some things you can say, okay, we'll, we'll do the same program, but give it a little more resources or the same program and, or do it, you know, give it a few, give it fewer resources. Some other things, um, just may not work at all if you shortchange them. And the result could be that all of the money that you spend <laughs> is wasted, right? If you yeah. decide to spend 40% less than is, than what is needed, then the 60% that you do actually spend doesn't achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Right. Um, you see some versions of this. For example, with trying to shrink down the child tax credit, if they shrink it down by saying, um, well, we're just we're, we're no longer going to give it to people with no earning, um, which is, for example, what Senator Joe Manchin has suggested we do, um, then you, in my view, um, eliminate the most compelling selling point of that whole program, which is reducing child poverty, um, because you end up saying, okay, we're not actually going to help the very poorest of the poor kids. Uh, Great insight there in terms of what does it actually mean? How do we actually get to accountability and transparency? Uh, Again, from our conversation off the top of the show uh, with Patrick Brown, as it relates to the uh, child care provisions, one of the ways that they are scaling this so that it doesn't cost as much in the overall number of the bill, remember they were trying to reduce the total cost of the bill from $3.2 trillion down to $1.75 trillion. So one of the things that they used to reduce the cost of that was to say they were only going to fund it for three years instead of 10 years. So what does that do? So in the short term, it will drive the cost up. It will make things more difficult for most families. Again, most are estimating it'll be about $13,000 more for child care under this plan. And then at the end of three years, when it's supposed to end, uh, most government programs don't end. That is the closest thing to eternal life is a government program begun. Uh, But then it creates more uncertainty again. Uncertainty for families, uncertainty for those who are trying to figure out what to do in terms of child care. And so all of this creates less certainty uh, and more confusion 
for American families. And so we've got to get past the high-level bumper sticker titles of these bills. The bill needs to say what it does, and then the bill should be short enough that everybody can read it. Everybody should be able to read it and then assess it and then debate it in front of the American people. And then we can have votes. We can move forward and implement whatever is or is not passed. And then we can have some real accountability on the back end when we come to the ballot box. All right. A lot of times when uh, the media focuses on the extreme of each party, we see that a lot. Uh, How are those in the center left to center right doing? Are they having a moment now? Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics joins us to talk about that. Coming up next. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.